0: It's how the owners of the other dogs react because that can really uh, make a situation worse. I think if you have like where if Stanley is being a bit reactive towards other dogs and I'm, he's, I put him on the leash and I'm like, sorry, like he's he can be a bit reactive. If the other person's like, that's OK, my dog's fine. We move on with our life. If somebody's gonna make a big deal out of it, that uh, that escalates my frustration. It probably doesn't help Stanley. It doesn't help the other. Like I just, yeah. It I find that is the worst part of of him being reactive. Isn't his reactivity? It's the how other people deal with it.
1: I know firsthand that when you're raising a challenging, reactive, or aggressive dog, that life isn't all unicorns and rainbows. But I also know that it helps to hear other people's stories. My name is Kaisa van Overbeek, and on this podcast we share stories of the force-free training journeys of amazing dogs who are just a little rough around the edges...
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rough Around the Edges podcast. Um, It's an international one. Again, I want to say, even though I am talking to somebody who's actually located in my country in the Netherlands, Um, her name's Jennifer Cook, and she is actually originally from Australia. And then through going through other countries, I want to say she ended up in the Netherlands and she now has a bunch of dogs that you might actually already be or you will be actually hearing during this recording you might be hearing some grunts and stuff that's her dogs that are on the sofa with her as we're recording this and they're all from Poland so there you have it the international mix and um I think before I ask Jennifer to introduce herself, I'm also or at the same time that I ask her to introduce herself, I'm going to ask her to sort of give us a chronological um, walkthrough um, of the dogs that have been in her life, because there are a lot of them. And even I have a hard time of keeping track, but it'll also kind of give you an idea of, um, you know, like what she's doing, what her life is like or how it came to be the way it is. And I think it'll just be fun. So, Jennifer, may I ask you to introduce yourself?
0: Thank you. Hello, I'm Jen. uh, And I, my name's Jen and I have a dog problem, (laughs) although it's not really a problem. Um, I adopted the first dog, uh, Jackson. That was nine years ago. Um, And... As a first dog, he was great, like, so easy talk after, easy going. He's, yeah, even though he was a street dog in Poland, he fit right in very quickly, picked up everything very quickly. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, expectations set very high for <laughs> every dog that came after that. And about a year after I adopted him, um Decided that I'd like to do more and started fostering dogs. And there were a couple of foster fails along the way. Uh, The dogs that I have now, uh, Jackson is still part of the pack. He's 11 this year. Uh, And Stanley is the next one. He's also 11 this year, but I've only had him for five or six years. He's... uh, the most reactive dog that I have adopted. He actually got adopted a month after I started fostering him. And then he got bought back because he was biting people, um, which is not good. And when they bought him back, he jumped right up on the sofa next to me and, you know, had happy tail. And the people who adopted him said like, that was the, the happiest he'd been <laughs> in a week. So of course, I took him back and eventually adopted him, and he's been uh, a work in progress ever since. We're always learning from each other. Uh, after Stanley came Little Man. Well, I didn't, I couldn't imagine having so many dogs in the past, but I think it just kind of develops and grows. After Stanley. Uh, we had other foster dogs, and then eventually two adopted dogs became three. <laughs> and so now we have Jackson, Stanley, and Chance. Uh, Chance is thirteen this year, and he's a dream, easy dog, a husky mix. He's nobody can believe that he was in the shelter for so long because he's such an easygoing, good dog. But it's uh, it's. Yeah, it's difficult when you foster and adopt dogs in shelters. You see so many great dogs who spend so much of their life in the shelter and they just weren't put in front of the right eyes at the right time to get adopted. And a lot of people think that all shelter dogs have baggage. Some do, definitely. But a lot really don't. And I think if you can develop a good relationship with an organisation, that are very transparent and tell you what dogs' issues might be or what environment they would do best in, then there are so many great dogs out there. Please adopt. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And finally, the last two, I have five dogs. It's crazy. The last two are currently foster dogs. They were going to be sent to a kill shelter uh, I don't normally take two foster dogs at the same time, especially with three already. But because these dogs were in a fairly critical situation, uh, yeah, I ended up with two of them. And one of them's on the sofa next to me. Uh, The one on the sofa next to me, Ziggy, He is a quite large uh, shepherd mix. He's very sweet and easygoing, although a lot of dogs... Uh, a bit reactive towards him because he is so big they get a bit intimidated the other dog Romeo he had a we we had a rough start (laughs) I shouldn't say he had a rough start Uh, he took a lot longer to uh, house train than previous dogs he didn't seem he just took longer to do everything really and he taught me a lot in that short amount of time <laughs> of uh what things that I'd become complacent with with my dogs because I sometimes leave food on counters or things like that that my dogs won't touch but of course Romeo was not used to <laughs> the the same rules so he would just get into anything that was left out and I would get home and there would be stuff everywhere and I'd be like, why did I foster this dog? But it just takes time and patience and uh, he's a great dog now. Uh, he's f- discovered toys. He's probably never had toys before and he, is, he loves it. He loves playing with squeaky things and he, you really see how happy he is now compared to when he first arrived. It's uh, quite a transformation. So I don't know if that's enough about the dogs. <laughs>
2: that's a, I mean that's quite the lineup and then I haven't even asked yeah. you like how many dogs you fostered in the meantime but maybe just like circling back to the beginning when you got um Jackson like what was your um situation like at the time like were you like in a full-time job or what like what made you yeah. decide when to I get him When I first got
0: Jackson I I was working full-time and I lived in a third floor Apartment, one bedroom apartment. So, uh, my um, ex, uh, he was home more than I was. Yeah, they were about to bark. Yeah. Uh, he was home more often. So, it's a
1: dog podcast.
0: Yeah. And there's uh Romeo's got the ball. He he's he doesn't run outside to bark a lot. He will stay inside and just like play with his toy, little tail wagging It's like oh excitement. And it stopped. Uh so yeah, my exit time was home more with the dogs. So uh, Jackson is really became more his dog. And it's funny, I have a video from uh, one time when I was walking him, like he was really attached to my ex and if he went out, like Jackson would lie behind the door and whine and I'd be like, why, why are you doing this to me? And I had to learn that um, dogs, it's not personal, like they don't, yeah. But I have a video of me trying to walk Jackson to the park and we lived about like five minutes from Vondel Park And I'd get him halfway, but there's a little patch of green and he'd do his business and then just stop and want to go home again because he didn't want to go with me. (laughs) Um, But over the years, uh, we've cracked the uh, relationship of him being our one-person dog. Uh, So he's much more... Yeah, he, he likes going for walks with me now, and it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: when when did Stanley get added to the mix then? Because was I'm I'm assuming I don't know. Maybe he also fit into the one bedroom apartment or not? No,
0: no, that was after I moved out of town. I there were a, a combination of factors of uh, yeah, like my thirty percent ruling running out and. Uh, wanting a bit more space for the dogs Uh, before I had Stanley, we had Millie and she was an older dog and she had uh, an autoimmune disease. Uh, She had difficulty with stairs sometimes and living on the third floor is not ideal, obviously. And uh, also um, just walking on hard surfaces and gravel, uh, was a problem for her so uh, in town i had a back feet so we'd take her to the park in um but out here she could be yeah she didn't have to walk on hard surfaces so maybe you should tell people and
2: like people are in the us who are like what is buck uh, Oh, it's it's a it's a, <laughs> a, it's a bike <laughs> it's a cargo, bike. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, cargo it, bike it's it's it is, awesome yeah. <laughs> Dutch yeah. people use it all the time to transport their kids, to transport yes, furniture, and to do. transport the
0: people I know oh. who've lived, who've like expats who've lived here and then gone back to their countries. They've taken their bikes with them. Like they know that it's harder to get these kind of bikes in other countries, so they take their bikes with them. Yeah,
2: I love that. But that's already like uh, an adaptation that you were making for your dogs then to get or for yeah. for Millie in this case. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so it was after Millie that, um, started fostering Stanley. So, but after I moved out of town, so yeah, then it's, uh, yeah, five or six years since we've been out in the countryside. Well, on the edge of a village, not really out in the countryside.
2: (laughs) Or out in the countryside as you can get in a country as tiny as the Netherlands.
0: Oh, no, you can get a lot further out. I have friends, actually one of my former clients who has moved east and has a property and it's like the dream of mine to follow suit. Yeah, it would be lovely to have so much space. But even, yeah, living out of Amsterdam is really nice to have a garden and be so close to huge green areas where you can take the dogs and free parking so you can have a car and drive them to the beach. (laughs) that in itself so just
2: coming back to stanley for a second because okay then stanley got fostered and then finally you adopted him because but i loved how you said like okay he was adopted out and then he bit the people and then so he came back and naturally i took him back and and then afterwards i kind of adopted him and i'm like oh yeah naturally i mean i'm sure that not all people think that that's like the natural thing to do
0: right yeah i yeah it's, I think uh if you take on a dog like uh Romeo's been with me now three months. Uh and I I'll have him as long as I have him. I mean Stanley was with me really for a year before I officially adopted him, before that he was still on the websites so as you know for upper adoption. But uh you know the longer it goes on the harder it is to say especially with some dogs like some dogs are easier to say goodbye to than others and I really love it when the families keep in touch and let me know how it's going with the dog because some of them you really do get attached to and the updates on the foster dogs always appreciated maybe not daily but (laughs) yeah just uh even after a couple tough. of years still yeah, want definitely. yeah 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 definitely
2: or maybe that's nice for people who have adopted dogs like people even after a couple of years it is appreciated don't wonder whether should i send this picture is are they sure. still waiting for them yeah. yes they are
0: <laughs> we love to see happy dogs in the in their homes definitely
2: but what was going through your mind when Stanley came back? When you heard that, okay, you said he he hopped right up on the sofa and it was happy, yeah. and so that was a good sign. But now you're dealing with a dog. You said like he was reactive, so now
0: you knew he yeah. he'd bitten.
2: So what what was yeah. up there?
0: Uh. So we, yeah. I. I mean, he. He had. He he was very um, anxious. To begin with, Uh, he doesn't bite out of aggression. He bites out of fear. Uh, He doesn't, he's quite attached to me. (laughs) He doesn't like other people, uh, like touching him, apart from maybe like patting underneath the chin. Uh, Yeah. I think for me it was easier because he seemed to be okay with me Um, I did take him to a trainer just to, like, get an idea of how to deal with maybe other, because he was still up for adoption, to get an idea of how to deal with that. And the trainer was more about, like, how to introduce him to other people, take it really slowly, let him come to you. If you want to pat him, you know, hold your hand out, let let him sniff. If he wants to be patted, like, just underneath the chin to start with. And if that's okay, then see where it goes. But I think a lot of times people come into hot and fast and he doesn't like that at all. He doesn't like it when people reach straight for over his head. He has a big dent in his head and we don't know what it's from, uh, but it's you know possible some, he was hit with something pretty hard when he was younger. So, you know, just don't know with what's gone in the past, but you can only go by how your dog behaves when you have them. So uh, he was quite also, uh, he still is a bit um, reactive to other dogs. So when I'm walking with him, if there's another dog I don't know or I'm not sure about, I'll put him back on the leash. Um, But, yeah, it's just... Take him time and trust getting to know him like when you have better uh, recall with them, I think it gets easier uh, yeah, and now I wouldn't trade him for the world. Hey buddy, yeah, Grumble. <laughs> He's just agreed with me. <laughs>
2: So it did something that like, because you seem so matter of fact about it, right? Yeah. So he was reactive well, on other dot They just put him back on leash. Yeah. Like, were you always that chill about it? Or was like the first time you, you dealt with the reactive behavior, kind of a bit of a shock, like, Oh, what's going on? Cause you said like Jackson was pretty yeah, uh, Jackson chill and relaxed.
0: Was, he was but, so misleading.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine.
0: Actually, Jackson doesn't like children. Like he really doesn't like Small children, doesn't like them at all. One of the reasons that we got him was the organisation was like, do you have any kids? Do you want to have it? Like, is, are there kids in the future coming? Um, no, 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 no. No kids. No plans for kids. Uh, here, this dog's for you. <laughs> because he really does not like children. And because he's kind of a cute little, like, puggle-type dog, you know, people want to pat him in the park. And when we lived in Amsterdam, uh, yeah, in the city nightclubs and everything, we'd go out at night and there'd be people wanting to pat him and be like, please don't pat the dog. (laughs) Um, But he could be a little bit reactive towards people, whereas Stanley it's more um, other dogs. But I really find that it's not so much that his. Stanley's reaction concerns me, it's how the owners of the other dogs react because that can really uh, make a situation worse. I think if you have, like, where if Stanley is being a bit reactive towards other dogs and I'm, he's, I put him on a leash and I'm like, sorry, like, he's, he can be a bit reactive. If the other person's like, that's okay, my dog's fine, we move on with our life. If somebody's gonna make a big deal out of it, that uh, that escalates my frustration. It probably doesn't help Stanley. It doesn't help the other. Like I just, yeah, it I find that is the worst part of, of him being reactive, isn't his reactivity, it's the how other people deal with it. Uh, yeah. Because if if he's on the leash and he's fine, like I don't know that there's that much to get upset about. If he's still barking, or yeah, I it's not worth. I think turning it into something. Maybe that's just me, but <laughs> yeah, I love that attitude. So I'm I'm just trying to picture what you would look
2: like frustrated because I can't really <laughs> sort of wrap well, my head
0: around that yet. <laughs> When, when I used to work in IT, I could have, <laughs> yeah. Then it's, uh, yeah, it's a different lifestyle. So, yeah, I do get frustrated at things for sure. But, I I mean, yeah, there are things that are worth getting frustrated at and things that aren't worth getting frustrated at, I think. Uh, I come from a long line of people who don't get frustrated at things like um, cleaning up dog pee in the house because the dog, it's a dog like if it hasn't learned yet to go outside then it's easier just to clean it up and not worry about it than to get upset about a dog peeing in the house yeah
2: you said you had to do a lot with that for for rome romeo was it yeah Romeo. It yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is a long
0: time just for my understanding oh, it was it was a couple of months and he still occasionally like i've discovered that after breakfast if you He'll sometimes pee on the other dog one of the other dog's um, bowls, which is very strange. I don't know why he does it, but I've learned that if in order to get him to not do that, I collect up all the bowls after they have finished eating, put them together, then he doesn't do it because his bowl is in there as well. I don't I don't know what goes on in his brain to do that, but this is how I've got around it. <laughs>
2: That's a chill management strategy, I guess yeah, I would yeah. call it. Yeah. So maybe something else because um, you said you, were, you you know you worked in IT and that like there was some frustration there. For sure. I, I know you don't do that anymore. So like, tell us a little bit about the
0: transition
2: and what you do now.
0: So uh, I got made redundant about four four and a half years ago. Um, which, thank goodness, I was so ready for it. Um, But afterwards I wasn't sure if I wanted to, uh, I certainly didn't want to go back into a similar situation where you're in an office working with people you do or don't get along with, um, with, you know, pressure deadlines and uh, not necessarily supportive people around you. Um, But I didn't. really know what I wanted to do and then because I already had dogs and somebody in the group was uh, selling their dog walking uh, pet sitting business so I contacted her and uh, about a month later I owned a dog walking and pet sitting business I thought if I already walk dogs look after dogs for free then getting paid for it surely would be awesome thing and it is (laughs) so although it was a a big change uh, and less money I'm a lot happier I enjoy what I do I don't wake up in the mornings going oh I've got to go to work Um, even I had a job this morning even though it's a public holiday I like doing my job I like the dogs I like the owners yeah what what could be better, and there is I will say, I think a lack of uh, uh, people in AMPS, well in the Netherlands possibly who are who who do this as their main job who are professional who don't cancel on you last minute on poor shake, um, and if you have an interest in doing that and you are somebody who has knowledge and understanding of dogs and cats, um, I think make the change. Like it's something that's really needed here. So, yeah, uh, don't stay in a job that you don't like when you could be sitting on a sofa with a dog next to you. You
2: Do you think you would have made the change if you hadn't been made redundant? Or
0: was that I don't think I would have like, which is yeah. I mean, I yeah. How long? I yeah. It's it's a tough one to say, but I'm so glad that it happened that way. Even though at the time I was like, oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> what what what
2: kind of dog walking do you do? Because I I know that you also walk reactive. Yeah. dogs and for example so, for me like my dog got kicked out of a dog walking yeah. surface because it was a uh, uh, um off-leash type of walking and he would start hurting the other dogs and finally also bit yeah. them so you know you got kicked out but i'm guessing that that's not always the case in amsterdam or because that's where you walk the dogs mainly that's I think.
0: right. yeah that's that's a good question because a lot of people assume mm. that i I'm like uh, a lot of dog walking services where I drive there, pick up the dog and drive them to somewhere and walk them. Um, But that's not how the person who had the company originally operated and that's not how I operate. I actually um, walk dogs individually or in very small groups, maximum usually of three. Uh, Because some of them are reactive, uh, I, I guess it, in a way it's harder because uh, you there's only one of me and, you know, most people want their dog walked at a particular time in the afternoon, like between 11 and 4, uh, that's because that's what works for them and their dog, uh, which makes it easier if somebody just comes along and picks up. But for the dogs who that doesn't work for, then that's where I come in and you get one-on-one or one-on-small group attention for the dogs. Um, some of the dogs I walk are reactive to people and other dogs. Uh, one of them loves to eat all sorts of things off the pavement. Uh, yeah, i they all have their little quirks. Um, some are easier than others. And, yeah, it's, uh, I think... Uh, a good way of getting to know each dog better so that if a problem comes up, you know, you can see the change. You can discuss it with the owner. Yeah. It's that's, that's how I work. So yeah.
2: Would you also walk them like really early then? Because uh, like the 11 o'clock time, it's just too crowded for the dog and it's just not a great time for them to be out on the street or
0: uh, no it tends to be Uh, I do have one walk in the morning but it's not reactive that's just uh, those dogs are a bit like my dogs they get two they're older as well they get two walks a day longer walks Um, but the ones in town if they are reactive I just try to uh, get them into areas that are less crowded less stimulating so that they're not trigger 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 uh yeah that's uh also a learning experience for me and the dog they get to know me i get to know them so you can see what is more likely to set them off so that you can try and avoid it or just just distract them if that's what they need and yeah
2: are there dogs that are like that you're walking that are you know, like a bit skeptical of new people and then, you know, like income you as a stranger, like, Hey, let me go and walk you. Like, was yeah. there ever any of that where you really oh, needed to sure. build it up?
0: <laughs> One of the dogs and I already walked. So these people were already clients. They got this new little, they had a, uh, they have a shepherd, I think boxer mix and they got this little Romanian. They they'd been wanting a second dog for a while. And they'd had a trial with a couple of other dogs but, like, they wanted their dog to kind of be Mm. the one who picked the the second dog so that they get along. Uh, And she decided that uh, this little Romanian street dog, he's so funny. The first time, because I'm just expecting that I'll go in, and because the other dog was so used (laughs) to walking with me that he would just follow along. And that wasn't the case at all. He made, I'm being killed noises for most of the walk people actually came over to see if I was doing something to the dog because he was yeah really kind of freaking out about being walked by this strange person but the next day the owner walked with us together and then ever since he's been totally fine and now actually when I turn up to walk him he makes excited noises because I'm there to take him for a walk so yeah it's uh it can be t- take a while to build that up, and that's why I like for the first time, even if it's somebody whose other dog already walk, it's good to get the owner to go with you for the at least one walk, so that the dog gets that this is okay, this is this new person is fine, and you're going to be going lots of walks with them, and it'll all be good, and it, they come around very quickly. Even uh, one of the dogs I walk with uh, the neighbors' dogs uh, in the beginning, uh, actually before I started walking them together, they were very reactive towards each other. And it just took one walk of me walking with the other dog and the owner walking with the new dog together, just like in the same direction, nice and calm. We're just going for a walk. And ever since then, the dogs haven't been reactive towards each other. And the owners are pleasantly surprised that they will get along so well. I, I would be, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's not always the case,
2: but, uh, or, yeah. or I
0: mean, if, if it didn't work out that, that she could walk with those other dogs, then yeah, it would need to be a separate walk. But if, it, if because they live so close to like, literally neighbors, um, yeah, it would be a shame to not be able to walk them all together and have a bit of a longer walk, you know, to Beatrix Park rather than shorter walks for the, the yeah. Because you've got to kind of squeeze everybody into a time slot. Uh, yeah. How uh, do you go about all of that? Because um,
2: you, you, like you went from IT to yeah. dog walking. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing like me, that you're also not a dog trainer. So how no, do you figure all happen.
0: this stuff out? <laughs> Uh, a little bit of trial and error I guess that once you get to know the dogs uh, you can kind of tell like how they're going to get along because I also board dogs so um, I always prefer to have a meet and greet uh, before I accept a boarding request because I have a lot of dogs here and if Uh, the dog doesn't get along with my dogs, then obviously it's not going to be a match. Um, But, yeah, having walking around the park with the owners and their dogs and seeing how their dog interacts with my dogs uh, is usually a good indicator of how they're going to get along. And I think you learn to pick up on the dog's body language are they relaxed are they too excited are they yeah how are they going to fit in uh yeah it's just been a it's been a learning process and I'm still learning as I go I definitely don't know everything um it helps to have podcasts like yours and things on I mean to begin with when I start when I first had a dog like you know like a lot of newbies, I, I go to season Milan videos. I know. <laughs> now you're like cringe. <laughs> I know. It's, it's so cringe. Uh, but yeah, it's in the beginning, you don't really know what you're doing. And then you get your own experience and you see what works with dogs and what doesn't work with dogs. And yeah, it's all builds up in the database. <laughs>
2: Brain. I was going to say, what do you think is the most important lesson that you learned when it comes to dogs and maybe like which, or could you even pinpoint one particular dog, whether yours, whether Foster, or whether one of your uh, dog walking dogs that is taught
0: you the most? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, that's. Yeah, I, I don't. It's a really tough question to answer because they do all teach you something, even if it's like that you have to teach them to eat at the same time when you've got multiple dogs. Because otherwise, because when we had first got Jackson, Jackson would just eat a little, like he would just eat when he's hungry, eat a little bit and then leave it. And now you put down five bowls and they all need to be licked clean otherwise you're going to be hungry later and there's not going to be any food uh I think learning to trust them was Stanley's job uh and that takes a lot of spending time with them and getting to know them Uh, Patience, definitely the foster dogs, especially Romeo, (laughs) Uh, because sometimes it does take longer than you expect to get them used to living in a house. Like poor Romeo gets, you know, a shelter that he's lived in for three years, a long trip from Poland, dumped in somebody's house He's with a bunch of other dogs that he doesn't know. He's like, what the heck is going on here? So it took him a while to figure that out, but finally he's uh, coming around and hopefully he'll get a good home. And yeah, it's just I think also from the uh, the dogs that I walk, uh, I really if I think that a dog has an issue or could it would be helpful to what change their diet or like see a specialist about whatever i i talk to the owners i don't insist on anything but like i don't also don't like if they were doing something that was detrimental to the dog then i think i would but fortunately so far Touchwood nobody has been like that uh the people whose dogs I walk who do have trainers, um, I'm always asked, like if if I have a situation where I'm not sure how to deal with it, I contact the owners and I say, how do you deal with this? How does the trainer recommend you deal with this? I love learning that kind of stuff because that also uh, goes into the database and I can, you know, for the next time it happens, I can deal with it better. Uh, yeah, it's. It's, yeah, dogs are great, aren't they? They, really- they are. But I,
2: I think, I just want to say, I think your attitude is great because you're just like, well, it just goes into the database. So I'm guessing you're yeah. not the type to then just beat yourself up over it and go like, well, that was horrible. You're probably like more just like, that happened. What can I do? Yeah, uh,
0: definitely. I don't, I and I, I do make mistakes and I do regret them, but I don't think that like dwelling on it is healthy for anybody. So, yeah, if I do get upset about what a dog like that Romeo's destroyed somebody else's dinner all over the house uh, and I I get upset about it, then I'm like, okay, let's just clean this up because that's got to be done anyway and move forward. Like it's because the dog doesn't go, doesn't relate, you being upset to what they did an hour ago, so there's no point really in in uh, getting frustrated at a dog. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is just also uh, how I am in general about things. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good. But I guess the dog, it is it is good to be relaxed and calm about things because yeah, I mean getting upset about things isn't really productive.
2: I was going to say living with dogs relaxed and calm is probably the best way to go. I just just want to ask you one more thing about uh, what you said earlier because you said one of the things especially Stanley taught you was uh, to trust them. Yeah. What do you mean by that?
0: That if you, like, if you're off leash in the park, uh, you know, in the beginning there's another dog coming, you're not sure what's going on, you, you you feel your stress levels start to go up a bit and instead of, like, kind of letting that come out as, like, you know, shouting at him to come back or whatever, just, like, taking a deep breath and letting it go and saying, I trust you to not freak out about what's happening. And I think... That also, for me is like that that somehow, if if he picks up on that, then he's like, well, she's not getting like ang- anxious about this situation, so I don't have to freak out about it. And that really, then it's more likely to have a good outcome. if you're like going Stanley get back here like really kind of and then he yeah because he picks up on that and goes oh gotta freak out (laughs) so just trusting him to go to approach other dogs or or to come back when he's called nicely and just um just to be next to me on the sofa and be very chill and not uh yeah because when I, when I first got him, if he was on the sofa next to me and he was sleeping and I didn't even, without thinking, I just would put my hand on him and he would snap and he wouldn't bite, but it was just like that wake-up, something's going on reaction of, ah, uh, like scared, what's happening, I don't like this. Um, and now he like he's just so relaxed next to me on the sofa. We have that trust that... I'm going to be fine with him and he's going to be fine with me. So,
2: yeah. I totally want to ask a little bit more about the, the trusting them not to react. Cause I can just hear, hear other people who are listening to this podcast go like, well, that's easy for you. Cause you, <laughs> apparently your dog's not that reactive. Cause I can't yeah. trust mine. Cause oh, he's going sure. to yeah, bite yeah, the yeah. other
0: dog. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, he's never bitten another dog. He, he can be reactive. Um, and sometimes if the other dog is also a bit reactive, that can get into a bit of a, like, um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say fight because he really doesn't bite, but I, I totally get it. Like, compared to other dogs, he's not that reactive. <laughs> but, I mean, for him to be returned after he got adopted because he's biting people, like, yeah, I think because he he trusts me with, like, putting his harness on with, you know, if I have to take him to the vet, things like that, um, it just helps more in those situations where we're in the park and there's another dog coming that he can be a bit brr at. That, like, that either I say, no, Stanley, come back, and he comes back, or he, like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't turn into an escalation of the situation. Uh, yeah, I I appreciate that I am lucky with that. And it's taken years. Like, we've had him that five or six years and it's improved. <laughs> um, he still occasionally will, you know, growl and be a bit lungy at other dogs. But. Then I know what's coming up, and I'll just call him back and put him on the leash. And yeah, I—I I, nothing to freak out, calling him back. Way of like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even when, because Stanley and Jackson love to dig after mice in the in the park. There's some mice they like to dig, and generally speaking, they never catch anything. But like, it's they love to dig, and it's good exercise. And it it keeps them busy and if they're digging they don't care about anything else there can be other dogs that they are usually reactive to they don't care about any of that um but if you have more dogs and you're still walking and get quite a distance away and i used to kind of freak out about it and be calling them calling them um but i know now that you know they'll come when they're good and ready like i i trust that they're gonna see how far away i'm I am at some point and go, oh, we'd better get going, like, because they do. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, better situation than me getting all upset and going over and hauling them away from what they're enjoying for not really any reason. <laughs> like,
2: give it to me in months or years. Like, how long did it take you to develop that attitude? They go from calling them back, like, oh, (laughs) to they'll come when they're good and ready.
0: Yeah, probably a, a year or so. Yeah. And also just learning as well, like, in the group, like, just to see the dog not as, like, I need to control this part of their behavior, like, their dog's let them be dogs and do... like the digging
2: for the mice, for example. Yeah.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't mean like, you know, let them go up and attack other dogs. That, that's not it, but um, sniffing and digging and playing in water. Like, yeah, even rolling in stinky, dead, nasty things. Like <laughs> that's not something that we enjoy, but they love it. <laughs> so fortunately i have a garden and a hose (laughs) uh there was one occasion oh bless him i'm gonna cover his ears uh uh, there's a basketball skate park in in the nearest park and sometimes if the people because there's no bathroom facilities So sometimes if it's, like, fairly busy, people will use the wooded area in the park as a bathroom. And one time, this is when I was still working in an office, and I had already got dressed for the day, and I was taking Stanley and Jackson out for a morning walk, and Stanley managed to find some poop and roll in it. And I I had some... uh, kind of tissues like he just had this huge mass of it on his neck and I'm just like that's so disgusting and as I'm like reaching down to like wipe wipe off some of this with some tissues he shook his head (laughs) my clothes just got covered in poop so we all had to have a shower and a change when we got home but that's just I mean that's just the kind of thing that at the time is like that's just disgusting. But afterwards it's just a funny story like
2: for, for sure but tell me that there was yes. some frustration in that moment
0: oh but in the moment absolutely yes of course but like yeah it's afterwards it's just a funny story like that's why you know if they roll in something stinky it's it's annoying at the time and you probably want to walk them on a leash like you know with your head leaning in the other direction or put a peg on your nose or something but um they, they love it I yeah but it doesn't mean they get a shower <laughs> do they love showers no <laughs> oh, okay. um chance loves the water in summer he absolutely loves it he when we're walking in the park he loves to go into the water and he like kind of like, lays down in it and then like kind of yeah swims but it's not really swimming he just kind of yeah i don't know how to describe but so he really, like, you can see how much he likes it and then he'll get out and shake himself off and then have a little roll in the grass. It's, yeah. He's, uh, he was, because when we got him, he was already 11 or 12 and he had spent most of his life in a shelter and you can just see how much he loves going for walks and um having, like, you know, after he's done a pee or something that that scratching thing that they do and you can see how much he really loves yeah just being outside and kind of free and yeah it warms the heart
2: (laughs) well we're almost like to the end of of the hour I think we're like we're actually going to be able to to you know keep it within the hour like I was trying um (laughs) But, of course, at the end of every podcast episode, I ask everyone to comment on the words expectation, frustration, and celebration when it comes to life with their dog or dogs. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of dogs in this case. Um, So tell me what comes up for you.
0: So expectations, I think the more that you – The more time you spend with your dog or dogs, your expectations change because you have more variety of what goes on. So with the, you know, having Jackson as a first dog, super easy. So our expectations were really high. (laughs) In fact, one of the reasons that I picked Stanley as a foster dog because I actually picked him was that he looks a bit like Jackson. <laughs> and I thought <laughs> maybe the the behavior would also be similar. Not at all, not at all. Um, so expectation, frustration, um, when they don't, yeah, when their behavior kind of doesn't fit within your expectations, uh, it can be frustrating. I think, uh, but I mean, really, I've been lucky with the dogs that I've had. Uh, for my lot, there haven't been any major incidents. Touchwood. Um, so, yeah, it's I can't complain honestly. And celebrations. Uh, I I love these dogs. I love it when they. And it, also the. Uh, my clients dogs like you see the progress that they make and just sending the owners like messages after the walk of like oh your dog did really well today they didn't react to other dogs or people or bikes or whatever their kind of thing is uh you know when they picked up some junk in their mouth and I asked them to drop it they immediately did and they got rewarded and it's great um i think uh it's, yeah the the best part of the job and having dogs is just when they're relaxed and having a good life yeah um
2: oh my god that's just the best note to end on because i think like you just threw in the word relaxed there and i think that's probably what what allows you to enjoy life with your dog so much is this very relaxed attitude I don't know if it's cultural if it's an Aussie (laughs) thing or if it's just a you thing but I love 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 that and uh, I I, I want some of it I want more of it (laughs) maybe I can come in uh, come and steal some from you
0: I'll I'll try and bottle it next year sell it to you for At the free market for yeah
2: exactly (laughs) because people don't know this but we're recording this on King's Day which is the um, Dutch national holiday and there's free markets all over you can buy the most crazy and amazing stuff for no money whatsoever and fill up your garage for the (laughs) next year until you sell it yourself at a year from now. Um, Jen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story I love it thank you very much
0: for having me and uh yeah if anybody is considering setting up kind of um a similar like service I mean reach out to me I I fully support more good people uh yeah having the same kind of business because there's not enough of it and if I have too many um, people wanting to use my services it'd be great to be able to go I can't do this but now here's somebody I know who I trust that has availability because at the moment it's like I don't have availability and all the people I know who, <laughs> yeah I also know and trust don't have availability and it's uh, yeah it's
2: Yeah, because here I go thanking you already and I'm completely forgetting to like ask where can people find you? What's your business? (laughs) How do they get in contact with you? Oh my gosh, forgive me. Okay, tell me like, (laughs) what's the name of your dog walking service? Where can they find you? Like if they also want to start a dog walking service like you did that, you know, like also takes into account. Thank you very much for that. Like walking reactive dogs and more challenging dogs. Like, okay, tell us all about it. How do we find you? Advertise, Uh, go. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
0: My business is expats with pets and expats, pets and more, Amsterdam. Although, obviously, I'm not actually in Amsterdam anymore, Um, but that's because I took over the business, that was already the business name. Um, I'm actually only on Facebook at the moment. I know what a boomer. (laughs) Um, But if, yeah, if people want to contact me, I'm also in the expats with dogs in Amsterdam group on Facebook, uh, yeah, yeah, Re- reach out to me. Like I I would really like to see more people like in the business that people can rely on. You see so many requests for it. Uh, so the demand is there, I think.
2: Um, if I were in Amsterdam, I would be booking you for sure, yeah. For sure, <laughs> <had> yeah. Availability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, do you do house calls in Delft? I mean, it's like, it's only an hour drive. you know. <laughs> Not at the moment. Sorry. All right. Okay. So people, you know, where to find Jen, I'm sorry. I didn't ask about this before completely <laughs> just blanked. It happens. And um, like, we'll be sure to link to also to the Facebook groups and to your business in the show notes and otherwise people can just get in contact with me and i'll link you guys up as well not a problem um so now finally finally once more thank you
0: thank you
1: you can find a link to the website with the show notes through either Instagram at TheRussCattleDog or through our Facebook group with the same name as the podcast, Rough Around the Edges. If you would like to come on the show and share your story with us, then you can also contact me through either of these channels. And last but not least, if you like listening to this podcast, then maybe consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the other platforms that you may be listening to this podcast on because they help us get found in the listings, allowing us to reach more people and help them feel less alone.